people be like, 2020, chill. Fuck, 2020. What the fuck, 2020, this year? And I think that's the wrong way to think about it. January 1st, 2021 isn't going to be a magical day where everything returns to normal. Life wasn't normal pre-2020. I think that's what we've learned over the course of this year. And life is not going to return to normal on some magical date in 2021. This is life now. We have to adjust. R.I.P. Chadwick Bozeman. On Juneteenth, June 19th, 2020, I drove my dad's car up to San Francisco, and I attended a demonstration that started at the SF Ferry Building and ended at City Hall. It was a march, and then there was going to be a presentation at City Hall. And during the march, I actually grabbed the mic from the organizer, and I led a chant. It was a chant that I had actually learned from a demonstration the week prior in Oakland. And it, it, it went kind of like this. Da, 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 da. Ahmaud Arbery matters. Da, 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 da. Breonna Taylor matters. Da, 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 da. George Floyd matters. Da, 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 da. Black lives matter. Da, 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 da. It was hype. I felt like a fucking rock star when I had the mic and I was shouting that and I liked the way, and I completely stole that by the way, the rhythm, the black lives matter, and then using the names and then getting it with the beat. Like I totally stole that, but I loved it. And it made the March so fun. I felt exhilarated during that moment. Like I really felt like maybe the best I felt this entire year in that moment. And If you would have asked me at the end of that day what I had done, I would have told you that I went to a protest. But now I understand that that was a demonstration. And the difference is really, really important. So let's start with some definitions. This is from How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, the chapter Failure, page 215. He says, We use the terms demonstration and protest interchangeably at our own peril, like we interchangeably use the terms mobilizing and organizing. So what is a demonstration and what's a protest? In Kendi's words, a protest is organizing people for a prolonged campaign that forces racist power to change a policy. Note prolonged campaign and change a policy. Back to Kendi. A demonstration is mobilizing people momentarily to publicize a problem. Note momentarily and publicize a problem. When I was in SF, we were demonstrating. We were meeting for a day to publicize a problem, i.e. police violence against unarmed black men and women. We were not protesting, even though that's what some might have called it. Now, there's many reasons that the distinction is important, but one of them is because demonstrations often fall short, especially when we think that demonstrations 
are protests. A great example of this is Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor was murdered months ago. We've known her name for months, yet the officers involved haven't even been charged. Haven't even been charged, despite the fact that demonstrations have occurred in Louisville, Kentucky, since it happened to this present moment. The reason that nothing has happened is because the Kentucky Attorney General, Daniel Cameron, doesn't give a fuck. That's what would need to happen for those officers to be charged. It would have to be in Daniel Cameron's self-interest. He would have to be forced by some outside force to use his power to make that happen, but demonstrations can't get that done. Back to Kendi, he says that demonstrations annoy power in the way children crying about something they will never get annoy parents. And when I read that, it makes me think about whoever is on the receiving end of all of those phone calls that we sent in on behalf of Brianna Taylor. Was that doing anything or was it just annoying them because they couldn't receive any other voicemails unrelated to Brianna Taylor? Demonstrations are not protests. And, demonst- and when we don't understand that, it can leave us disillusioned because if you're like me, every time I see a picture that someone puts on Instagram with a caption that says, arrest the officers who murdered Brianna Taylor, ah, I just feel like we can't even do anything. Even talking about it isn't enough. But that's because I thought a demonstration was a protest when it wasn't. So before we talk about what protests are, let's go back to what are demonstrations good for? Because what happened on Juneteenth in SF was good, was good. What SF, (laughs) what demonstrations are good for is they're good for changing the hearts and minds of people who want to be a part of the movement. That was a moment on Juneteenth that I will never forget and one that'll always tie me to the Black Lives Matter movement. Not only did it change my heart and my mind, it forced me to acknowledge that I'm complicit in police violence against unarmed black men and women. It forced me to acknowledge some of the racist ideas that I have inherited, and it allowed me to channel the momentum of that event and the hypeness, the exhilaration of that event into sustained focus on this problem. So let's talk about protests. What are protests good for? Protests are good for forcing policy change. And the key difference is that they are prolonged and they hit people where it hurts. They don't try to appeal to people's hearts and minds. I think an amazing example of this is the the Montgomery bus boycott, which started when Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat. What happened is that that boycott lasted an entire year, more than a year actually, and it led to a Supreme Court decision that disallowed segregation in Montgomery, Alabama. And the reason it worked is because the bus boycott by all of these black women who were a part of the protest, it drained revenue from the city. And eventually they were forced to combat 
the policy because it was now in their self-interest. Their revenue was being drained. They got hit where it hurts. And that, that is where protests come in. Protests that are prolonged, that can lead to real policy change, hit racist power, as Kendi would say it, where it hurts such that they have to change policy because it is now in their self-interest. So that's why it's so important to make that distinction. Demonstrations are good for some things, but if we want to change policy, we need to talk about protests. And now I want to talk about the NBA. I thought the NBA had an amazing opportunity here because this boycott or work stoppage or strike, whatever you want to call it, was similar to a protest in that it was going to hit the NBA where it hurts. The NBA wants a season and the NBA specifically wants to have future seasons. And so they understand that when the two, the three best teams in the league decide that they're not going to play until something is done, that that really matters. And then the NBA could be forced to leverage their power to do something concrete. And they did something cool, I guess. Basically, my understanding of what's happening is now many NBA arenas are going to be used as voting polling locations on November 3rd, which is great. And I think that's related to what LeBron specifically wanted because he has been involved and supports and I think has his own group related to getting out the vote and fighting voter disenfranchisement, which is amazing. I love it. I think that's awesome. But it actually goes kind of back to what I said at the beginning. Like if Joe Biden becomes our next president, it's not like things are suddenly going to change. It's not like the demonstrations and protests and riots are just going to stop. So while I love that we're trying to get out the vote, I wish they would have done something more. Despite that, I applaud them for doing something because I didn't expect them to do anything. And this is a concrete step in the right direction. And my hope is that the NBA will continue to do things like this and eventually get to the point where they push for specific policy initiatives. But we'll see. I think what I wanted to get across with this episode is that demonstrations are great, but demonstrations will not get us to where we want to be. We need to be creative with the way that we protest. We need to hit people where it hurts. And when I say people, I mean the policymakers and the people who have the authority to do the things that we want them to do. (laughs) 